The Mom Buns Podcast is part girl talk, part therapy session, and loads of life hacks in between. Join two college BFFs who reunited in their 30s with careers, husbands, and babies in tow. Moms have a lot to say, and we aren't holding back. Welcome back to the Mom Buns Podcast. Lauren, I want to talk to you about a pet peeve of mine today. Oh, geez. Okay. We're just going to get, we're just going to go for it right now. I'm diving in. I'm diving in because Let's do it. it drives me nuts. I have two small girls. I do not know why everybody thinks that everything of theirs needs to be pink. Mm-hmm. I make it my mission to find all the blues and greens and yellows and all the other colors, purple and, you know, but everybody loves to get them pink things, whether it's toys, clothes, and pink is cute. Don't get me wrong. Pink is cute. But I feel like it's very um, stereotypical girlish. Yeah. Tell me I'm wrong. No, you're not wrong. Okay. So is that an issue in your house because you have boys and girls? Mm-hmm. Is that something you ever deal with? It's funny you ask. So my daughter is the middle child. So we didn't have to really go through that at first, right? The first was like blues and greens and browns and whatever. So when we found out that we were having a girl before she was born, like I remember making this very distinct, I'm not going to buy pink. Other people will probably buy her pink. I'm not going to. My favorite color is purple. Um, so I was like, I'm going to buy purple intentionally. I will not buy pink. Okay. Her favorite book series, Pinkalicious. Her favorite TV show, Pinkalicious. Um, her favorite color in the whole wide world, pink. Tried so hard. I tried, but I it just came naturally because, you know, you, you get this. And, and it's true. Like for the first year, I don't think I bought her anything pink. And she had, a, she had it. She had a lot of it because hand-me-downs or whatever. And, um, and so it's just kind of part of it. But I don't – like today she's in orange and she picked it out. So I'm okay with that. Like I don't do it purposefully necessarily. But now that I know that she likes it – you know, like she had a Minnie Mouse themed birthday when she turned four. Minnie Mouse comes in two colors. It's red and white or pink, right? And white. Yep. So most of the things I got her were actually, I think, pink because that's, that's, that's now like part of her identity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think she's also going to live life with two brothers and a really like athletic outgoing dad. So she's not going to be holed up in some, you know, if, if all she wants to do is dance, okay, that's fine. But she will still play, you know, she'll still be playing soccer at home. She'll still have to deal with her brothers playing hockey. We have boy toys and girl toys, if you want to call them that. Like we have trains and we have kitchen and we have a dress up and we have music and everybody plays with everything, right? We have blocks and Legos and so she's going to be exposed to everything. So it definitely, I think, is worse when you have girls. I think it's much more noticeable, but I'm starting to see it, like, reverse, too, in, like, what boys are expected to, like, have, see, do. Right now, my boys live in, like, athletic shorts, even the little one. You know, he's in 2T size. He's in athletic shorts and T-shirts, you know, every day. Mm-hmm. My daughter would wear a dress every day with shorts underneath it if she could. So, um, yeah, I think, I think some of that is cultural. Uh, I think some of it is just also like what they tend to identify with. And so. Well, cause it's around them. 
like you said, it's like, it's, it's outside presences. People give you, um, you know, it comes from the outside world. People give you all these pink things. They give you pink toys and pink clothes and whatever. My whole thing was like, please don't give my children, like they have this cute little kid's cleaning set where there's a vacuum and a sweeper and, or, you know, a broom and all, and, and my kids see me do it. So they want to do it too, because I'm at home, I'm in charge of cleaning. Like that's part of my, my gig. And if you want to do that, then you can use mine, but please don't buy them a thing and say, you're a girl. So you need to clean. Like, I don't want that ingrained in them without it actually being said yeah. because they see me do it. So they already automatically assume that it's a mommy's job. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I bought, um, I bought them both for Easter or something. Sewing kits like beyond like the lacing and beading, but like the next step of like the sewing cards Mm -hmm. and kits that were like, you could actually make something and, and do it. And I bought two, like one was like robots and the other one was animals, but I bought two, like it's still sewing. Like, so one for each of them. I don't think Maddie has even touched it. Lena took hers out immediately. Right. So, but they just have different interests. Um, I, you know, they actually share a room together. So okay. I, some things were the same, like their beds are identical, but the bedding is, we had, we agreed last year on like an adventure room, like a camping style. Um, actually two years ago now, cause the youngest is almost two. Oh my gosh. Uh, and so like, okay, we've got camping, this camping, whatever. So at Target, I was like, okay, you, you can have this one and you can have this one. Well, this one is green with like camping animals and this one is reversible pink with like flowers and stuff. So it kind of fits the theme, but they are different. They're pink and green or whatever, but they each have the same, like one of the same stuffed animals on their bed. So it's like you, I kind of fall into that a little bit, but at the same time, like it's now more so because I know my kids and what they'll identify and like what they gravitate to more than like it's a role. It's a, it's expected of, you know, they both want to cook with me. That's fine. Um, neither of them like to clean. We'll work on it. You know, like those kinds of things that I think are just more, I attribute more to kids than, than anything else. Sure. Do you make a conscious effort though? Like if somebody's like, oh, here's a baking kit I got you for your birthday and it's all pink and, you know, she's going to like it because it's pink. But do you think, oh, maybe she shouldn't have that? No, I really don't worry about it as much anymore. Probably because we have boys. Right. So we have, we have wrestling dolls. Maybe she has a Barbie and a horse. Like, right. Like it just kind of, everything's available to them. So I think if you had just boys or just Mm -hmm. girls, that would be a lot harder to integrate. Like how many Lego sets have you bought? Right. I, I, we have the princess ones. Okay. So we have Legos. Because somebody gave them to you or because you bought them and they were princess? Both. I got a princess one because they love Disney princesses. Right. My dad got a princess one. But then they also, what I, what I thought was awesome, one of the aunts and uncles for a birthday one year got them the Incredibles Legos. Well, that's nice. superheroes. In the stereotypical world, that's not necessarily what, you know, girls want. But we've, you know, we've gotten them capes so they can be superheroes. And then we, you know, I try not to, 
discourage certain things. I just try to encourage all things. Right. So like, you know, my husband said to me one day, you know, he was reading some story about somebody who had a kid and he realized that he grew up around boys and, um, you know, he had a daughter. And so he was like panicking, like, how do I raise a daughter? And my husband said, which I thought was amazing. Like, it's not about raising a girl. I mean, you get to the teenage stuff later, but that's what I'm here to help with. It's about raising a, you know, a good person. And, and I'm not strong in the sports department. So I leave that up to my husband, but half the time when he's home, they're out playing basketball or baseball or volleyball or whatever. That's, you know, not something that I'm exceptional at, but he doesn't, you know, he's just about like, Hey, what do you want to do for fun? Mm-hmm. And if they want to play Barbies, he plays Barbies with them. If they want to play princess or superhero, I mean, he plays all the things. So I think it was, I think it's more, you know, my, my littlest one, her favorite color is blue, hands down blue, everything. And my, my oldest said, why does she like blue so much? She's a girl. Shouldn't she like pink? Ah, and that was very eye opening for me. Like, you know, when they're first born and you get all this pink stuff, I'm like, blah, you know, it's cute for a minute. And then like, let's expand our rainbow colors here. (laughs) But then when she's aware of it, that's when I think I got more like, oh, geez, you know, are we feeding into this stereotype? And I think you have a point. It's because we only have girls. So yeah, you might be more hyper aware to that, but I think you just turn on TV too and, um, and put on like us women's soccer or the WNBA is in season right now. The national women's soccer league continues their season. I think there's a lot more opportunities to see, um, women in visible roles that are more, you know, you can't, you can't think you don't picture yourself if you can't see it on somebody else. Right. So to see women winning gold medals or dunking basketballs or, you know, running for president, you know, like all of these things that, that our kids are going to grow up seeing and doing, I don't think that they really are going to, hopefully it will take them a while to realize that that hasn't always been the way. Right. right? And I think that's kind of a huge movement that's happening right now is, it's not what necessarily what our experiences used to be or what our parents' experiences used to be or even the generation above them, but like what our kids are going to grow up seeing, thinking um, that, and hopefully they see a world where there's more equality. And even though there are, you know, quote unquote gender roles or, um, or expect stereotypes and these traditional expectations we live right now in this world that is becoming very gender fluid. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I think about that with my kids to say like, does someone, um, is someone who, who grew up not being able to do, not being able to serve in a combat role in the military or not, you know, not having opportunities afforded to them to play professional sports or, or climb a corporate ladder or whatever, you know, like we see that we've seen that over the last 30 years, but our kids probably won't see it in the same way. So I wonder how much of that, um, those walls and those ceilings are really going to kind of continue to break and come down. And I really hope they do. And that's a good point. I mean, my husband called me the other day and he was like, turn on the soccer game because the women are playing soccer and we've gone, we've taken the girls to go let them see, um, you know, college softball. 
so that we, you know, I think just because we are cognizant of it, it's like, let us make sure that you know they can do anything. Like you can do anything. I think I bought him a book that says I can be anything and don't tell me I can't. Ooh. Yeah. I was like, that's a little sassy, but I'm going with it. I like it. I think it's Chelsea Clinton who wrote um, two books on like women through history. Um, and those have been like really, I flipped through them at bookstores and, and seen that as well. Like, oh yeah, the She Persisted. Um, Mm -hmm. about three American women who changed the world and then she persisted around the world. Uh, And so, you know, just bringing those stories to the forefront of like, and they're not all athletes or executives or corporate people, but they're tiny feminists and, Mm -hmm. uh, and people who changed the world just by speaking up or just by being themselves. So, um, you know, certainly I feel like that is an important thing to show not just our girls, but also our boys. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, my kids are growing up seeing a mom that travels for work. Uh, that that looks and feels different than like what I experienced. I had a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that if they ask, you know, like we make equal money, like, yeah. but my ceiling's a lot higher right now because of I because I work for myself I can do as much as I want I can also scale it back and be in their classrooms as much as I want so like that's been a choice so they're going to grow up kind of more understanding that that mom can do anything dad can do anything mom just prefers not to take out the trash and that's fair or do the dishes mom would rather cook dad would rather do dishes like so that's fair like you got to play to your strengths Mm -hmm. and so I think if you teach our kids that how to play to our strengths how to identify what those are mm-hmm. and understand like, and then think about what you really want to do when you grow up, whatever. And what strengths do you have? That's going to, that's going to achieve that. That's going to show you how you get there. So, yeah. I think it's important. I do. And I think it's important to remind them that everybody's house looks different. And I mean, it's a story I've told, I think twice on this podcast already, but it has to do with you. So it's fitting and it's part of this is that, you know, when I said that you were coming to visit us because you were working in LA, Isabella said, oh, like a daddy. Like she goes to work like a daddy. And I'm like, yo, I used to go to work like a daddy too, you chick, you know? And I had to show her that all, you know, mommies work in a different way and not all of them work in the same way. And some daddies stay home and some mommies stay home. And I know that they'll understand it more when they're bigger and like, you know, the kids are done, they're in school and I go back to work or whatever. But I think it's just important to, you know, be cognizant of it because they get so much from outside that yes, it is changing, but it's also, there are still many people that don't agree with that change or that they may agree with the change, but they don't live it. Right. So, and I think you made a good point is that you also, it's not just as a, it's not only important to show the girls. You also have to show the boys. Yeah. I think, I think it's exceptionally fair. To yeah. do that. So, you know, if just like I walked downstairs yesterday and my youngest, who's a boy playing kitchen, right? It's like one of his favorite things to do. Like, great. He's also my mu- most musical and rhythmic one, Right that's great. Like I'm going to push him towards the things that he's interested in. And like, even if it's just a fleeting interest, right. It might be trains, then kitchen, then, 
you know, then grabbing the little popper and which we call the vacuum, you know, the little popper thing toy. Right. So like, okay, fine. If last night, yeah, my oldest wanted to cook with me. So I told my daughter like, Hey, this is a big deal for him. We're cooking something that we haven't gotten to eat for a while. Like he's going to help me with this part and you can help me with the veggies and stuff if you want to. So, um, you know, whether it's like just, yeah, stuff around the house or as, as they project further, right? Like, well, yeah, you could go be this thing just like your sister could be this thing. Uh, that was one thing that I always really appreciated about my mom was, and I probably have told this on the podcast too, but she, when she was asking me what I wanted to do, like from like, I don't know, junior year of high school, thinking about college and what I wanted to do, I was like, I don't know, like, like the job that I think would be really cool is that lady who's on TV, like doing sports. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, she's got a really cool job. I would like to do something like that. And my mom was like, all right, we'll go do that. Yeah. And I, it never really occurred to me before I was 17 that like, that was something that I, I could take my interest in sports and talking. Probably. I probably had that interest at that point too. And like turn that into like an actual job. Mm-hmm. But had she not even turn that light on for me to say like, sure, go do that. Like, that's okay. You can go do that. You've yeah. seen somebody in that, in that position. Like you watch Hannah storm every year during the playoffs, right? Like, so go do that or go see what it takes to do that. Then all of a sudden I was, you know, we had something where like the local sportscaster came to our high school and I introduced myself and I said, I think I want to do sports broadcasting. And he said, great, come visit me at the station one night. Wow. So I went in and did like a job shadow with him. And then this is all like set me up to what schools am I going to apply for? What programs do I mind looking at? And so it was really that last year of high school that I was really like, oh, okay, broadcasting, journalism, like these things. It's how I got to Northern Arizona. It's how I met you. Yeah. It's the whole preemptive to this podcast, right? Because someone was circle. someone was smart enough to tell me, like, if that's what you want to do, go do it. She set you up to succeed. Yeah. And so, it was just one sentence. Basically. Yeah. yeah. Just and someone so, you cared about said, yeah, you could do that. Why not? Yeah. So when when you think about gender roles and stereotypes, like, yes, I understand, like, my career in sports looked a lot different and the things that I had to navigate looked a lot different um, and, and felt different than what, you know, probably male counterparts had to go through. But at the same time, like it didn't stop me. Right. Cause somebody right. had said like, you can do this. And I was able to carve out a spot for myself and, and do that. So I was always super grateful for that. Like, and again, what am I good at? What do I want to be when I grow up? Talking parts. <laughs> then the, the pathway, like as crooked as it could be, might not be a, you know, a straight line, but I got there and then right. I went past that. So, yeah. and that, I mean, that changed the course of your life, right? which is kind of the point. And I had the opposite, at least the, the memory in my mind was that my dad is really good at like flipping houses or painting and remodeling and all this stuff. He's amazing at it. Um, and he, said one day he was painting the dining room or something. And I said, I wanted to help because it looked kind of like fun as an adult. I know it's not, but it looked like fun. I was a teenager and he was like, Oh no, it's okay. You know, your brother's going to help me. And he didn't say you're a girl, you can't do it. He didn't say, 
you know, he just told me like, no. And then he let the boy in the house who's a lot younger than I am, like five years younger than me help. And I was like, I, I think it was more from his perspective. He helped his dad build houses. So it was a bonding thing that he wanted to experience with his son. But to me, it told me you're a girl and you can't do it. Mm -hmm. So instead of being like, well, that's sucks. And I guess I can't, I had a single mom on the flip side of it who taught me how to fix things in her apartment because she had to, she had no one to help her. Right. So I was like, oh, I can do it. And I'm gonna, and I came into my marriage with the toolkit. Like I have the bigger drill. I mean, and it's fine, but that's the thing. Like that just goes back to gender stereotypes is like, everybody's, you know, they come fix stuff at our house and they're talking to my husband. He's like, why are you talking to me? This is my department. Like, this is not how this works. Talk to her. Yeah. And that's just because they think that the man is, you know, he's supposed to do it or whatever. And that's not true. Anybody could do it, but it's just what we have to teach our children. Yeah, exactly. Okay. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, it's Ashley. We've been talking so much on our Mom Buns podcast about building a village. So we want to let you know where you can find us. Buns not required to follow us on Instagram or on Facebook at mombuns.life. And hey, our website is the same, mombuns.life, no.com. No bun actually needed. I was watching an interview with um, Amy McGrath, who is a former Marine fighter pilot turned U.S. Navy um, professor or Naval Academy professor turned now she's a democratic candidate for, um, Congress. And so, uh, but I was, I was listening to some interviews with her and she talked about how when she was 12, she, she fell in love with jets and wanted to be a pilot and knew that the best pilots were Navy, Naval aviators. So that's what she wanted to do. But at the time that wasn't going to be an option for her. So at 12, she started writing letters um, to the local papers and writing letters to her congressman and her representatives to say like, you know, like you don't know me yet, but this is what I want to do. And like, but I need your help to open this up to me for me and for people like me. And when she went, you know, it was just when she was like ready to go to college is when they changed the rules that allowed, you know, women to apply for those jobs and go for those aviation positions in the military. And she's like, yeah, it was right place, right time for me because my sister who was five years older wouldn't have had those opportunities when she was ready to go to college. But she's like, but I also had spent years and years and years advocating for myself Mm -hmm. and, and starting to make noise about this and do it so that I was ready when the opportunity came to me she was like a hundred and some missions and retired out of the Marine Corps. And so like, that was just a really powerful story of, you know, like not letting the limits that you see, like not being beholden to those mm-hmm. and, and thinking beyond and, and really having to change some opinions and, and attitudes about that. So, and that's true in so many realms of life. Like that's a good parenting lesson period. Right. I like that story. I didn't know that. And I didn't, I don't know anything about her. I mean, that was like the first that I had really like um, even heard, but she was being interviewed in this video that I watched by a speaker friend of mine. And so I was really watching it out of curiosity to see my friend and, um, and yeah, I, I absolutely respect that. So that's awesome. That's super awesome. Okay. Well, thanks for letting me get a little ranty today. 
Oh, I appreciate it. Calm me down. This is a good one. Are you calm down? I think, I think if, uh, if anything I've learned from this episode is that when your girl's birthdays come back around, we will be sending like traditional Legos and Lincoln logs and GI Joe dolls. And that's your house just to, uh, just to give some balance. Yes. And we remind them the princess doesn't always need saved. She can just save herself. Oh my gosh. What was I watching? Oh, the Ralph breaks the internet oh. movie and the scene where what's her name goes into Penelope. Penelope. Yeah. Cause that's, that's a cute name. Penelope <laughs> goes in with all of the princesses and they're doing like the, like the 20 questions of like, yeah. Do you have a mom? You know? Yes. Did a man yeah. save you? Did you have to save the world? Yeah. Yeah. That's my kid's favorite scene in that movie. It's so funny. It's hilarious. It's so true. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, there you go. That's let's it. Let's go save the world. Okay. Let's do it. One mom by another time. Buns <laughs> up, ladies. All right. Well, this wraps up another episode of Mom Buns. Uh, thanks for tuning in and be sure to find us on Instagram um, at mombuns.life and, uh, and send us a note and let us know what you think. Thanks for listening to the Mom Buns Podcast. And don't forget to catch our latest episodes wherever you find all your favorite podcasts. Feel free to leave us a review and spread the word if you like what we have to say. Thank you for listening to my mom's podcast. Have a good day. Bye-bye.